0: Watching by uh, the saddle by by the internet, please remember that we are here at 3025 Southwestwood in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Amen. So Pastor Kevin's gonna come at this time and deliver a great word for us. So get your ears on and your heart ready. Amen. Oh, while uh, you're getting ready, I like it back just a little bit farther because I like to stand in front a lot. But uh, Sister Fran got these for us. She's sick today. We pray for her to feel better, to be well. In the name of Jesus. Uh, I'll tell you what, I got, I don't know how many there are, but I would like it if maybe some of you couple guys want to help me. Pass a few of these out on that side, Nelson. Give one to Eddie and work your way back. Here, one of you guys want to take these and give them along the line there um, to folks, whoever wants one. Yeah, John and Chelsea should get one. You can wave them if you feel like it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Nick's back there waving on Rick, getting him cooled down. How about that? Now These are little palm fronds, they call them, or whatever. We had all kinds of palm trees in Florida. And they all looked a little bit different. But uh, this is considered Palm Sunday. Amen? And Chelsea felt like she wanted to help me out on my birthday and got me a new light. She said, Dad, you need to be able to read your Bible. <laughs> so, got me a, a new lamp here for the podium, which hopefully it won't get in anybody's way, it won't be in my way, but if I can get it close enough over here, I can point it towards the scriptures if I don't knock it over. There we go. There it is. This is Palm Sunday, and there's a a revelation of this, of course. I want to read our text once again out of Psalm 26 and 8. We're going to keep preaching about the habitation of the house. Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Where the glory of God dwells, anything can happen, amen? Amen. Powerful things can happen. I mean, people can get touched. And uh, I want to read to you some verses here. We're going to start out in Matthew 21, verses 1 through 8, where it says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the coat and laid their clothes on them and set him on them. Talking about Jesus. They set him on the coat and the donkey. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Now, when a dignitary comes in to a place and he is given honor, then they roll out the red carpet. Amen? When somebody visits from another country and they come to the White House, well, they have a special dinner for them and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, they laid down the branches or the palms And that's why we call it Palm Sunday when we preach it because it was the weekend before Easter. Anybody not get a palm leaf and you want one? Okay. Well, you can get it after if you want. There it is. I laid it down on the street. Jesus can come in now. But, you know... uh, Chelsea asked me last night why we called it Palm Sunday. And I was sharing how the tradition was that when they would sacrifice the lamb, you know, and when they made sacrifices, it could be a, a small lamb or it could be a, a young goat, either one. But for the Passover time, they would sacrifice a lamb. And it was the Passover lamb, they would call it. Well, actually, what she asked me was, why did they call it? Why did they call it Passover? And that goes all the way back to when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, or before they went in the wilderness. Pharaoh would not let them go, and they had all these plagues. And when they got to the last one, uh, Moses warned them, "You better let us go." Or else, you know, your firstborn will die. Pharaoh didn't want to believe that. But all the Israelites were told, put the sacrificial blood over the door, on the doorpost. And the death angel would pass over. And that's why it's called Passover. Because the lamb was sacrificed, then the blood was spread on the doorpost. And when the death angel came that night, he passed over all of the houses that had that on their doorpost. Now, it didn't matter whether they are Egyptian or Israelite, if they did not put the blood over, then their firstborn died. And so, there it was, and of course, it happened. All those firstborns died that they didn't heed the word of the Lord you know, through Moses. And so then they begged Pharaoh to let them go because his firstborn died. And so they had to let him go and they left and they went to the wilderness. And then they practiced this over the years that they would uh, have the Passover lamb remembering, you know, that when the blood was shed that the death angel passed over. It was part of their practice from then on. And so, at the time of Easter, which is Passover, they believe I think in uh, the scripture in the Old King James it says they first called them Christians down at uh, Antioch, and it was at Easter time, or at Easter, they were down there. But Easter means Passover, and so uh, the Passover lamb would be killed and the blood would be shed. But see when they would come to this time, they would put the lamb on the donkey or the coat and bring them around up into the city. and they would shout and let them know the lamb is coming. And so the people would throw their coats in the road and the palm branches, and they would begin to rejoice because their sins would be forgiven. And so here Jesus was, The Lamb wasn't there. He was the Lamb that was ordained from before the foundations of the world to become the Lamb of God that would take away the sins. And of course, in the practice of the the Jews, the Israelites, they would take the blood from the sacrifice lamb and they would put it on the head of a little goat or a little lamb, but... They would send that goat out into the wilderness with the sacrificial blood on it, representing that, and it was called the scapegoat. And that's where we get that word when you say, Well, they were a scapegoat. They weren't really the one that sinned, but they were blamed. And so that scapegoat would take the blame, <coughs> excuse me, and would go into the wilderness, (coughs) representing taking away the sins of the world. So, I better drink some water. And so, (coughs) when Jesus started to come, they began to shout and rejoice, and then we see these scriptures, and this is what I want to talk to you today about. In Matthew 21, 9 through 11, it says, Then the multitudes, because see, is like a parade. They were lined along the streets. And so the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now, they practiced this. With the lamb before, but these people saw Jesus and many of them recognized him as the Messiah. Of course, some thought, oh, he's going to come and clear out the Romans and he's going to set up his kingdom on earth because the multitudes would go out to him and he would heal them all. He had to go out in a boat and preach one time because there's thousands of people on the hillside. Remember, he fed 4,000 in one case, 5,000 another time, and he went out in the boat and taught. But he came in, he broke bread, and he fed at least four or 5,000 men two times, but that doesn't include the women and the children. And so they had great expectation, and I hope you have expectation today. Because when the king of glory comes in, something fabulous happens. Happens. And so we see there, Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. They expected a lamb on the donkey, and what they got was Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so we see we have to have a realization of who he is and then we praise. What they say? Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the, the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. Well, to say he's the Son of David means you recognize who he is, that he is the Messiah. Just like blind Bartimaeus crying out or the blind men crying out, Jesus, son of David. And they tried to shut him up. Remember that story? But he wouldn't shut up. And finally Jesus said, no, no, let me talk to him here. And he said, what do you want? He said, I want to see. He recognized that he is the Messiah. See, when you recognize who he is, then something powerful can take place. Amen? So we see, let's let's go on to verse 12. So the first thing is praise. That's why we like to start a good service with praise. You know, he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, oh, he is the king. You know, it's wonderful to begin with praise. And we recognize he is the king. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. We got him on our wall. We got a banner up there showing who he is. He is the Christ. And, of course, then we see in verse 12, I'll swap sides here with my Bible and my notes, It says, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. You know, it always bothered me when I'd have guest speakers and they'd want to put all their stuff in the auditorium. I wouldn't let them put it in the auditorium. Say no, you can't sell your tapes and your T-shirts in the auditorium. You know, and to be honest, they were making money. You know, a profit. Well, you know what? The kingdom of God is a business. You know, Jesus, when uh, he was in the temple, what he'd tell his parents when they came found. I had to be about my father's business. God is in business. He's in business of having a kingdom and not a democracy. Nobody votes for who's the leader. Jesus is the leader. There is no other like him. And he does the Father's business. And we got to be about our Father's business of doing the ministry. So when Jesus comes in, then he came in to this temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers. They were there making change for people they were selling animals they were selling sacrifices because people go in there and people didn't go in and sacrifice cows and too much of the time even sheep and all that when they come most time they could afford to buy a little bird and go and sacrifice the blood of the bird as a sacrifice well they had blemished animals and they were selling them they saved the good ones for themselves. And so they were selling these damaged animals as to let them go make sacrifice. Well, you don't give God your worst. That's not much of a sacrifice. You, know. you give God your best. Amen? You don't offer Him your worst and say, well, I'm going to keep the good stuff for myself. Uh, how many times have we seen and don't anybody get offended if you ever did this. Well, I think I'll give this to the church because I couldn't sell it at the yard sale. Maybe the church can use it. What am I going to do with it? I might have to take it down to the thrift store or something myself because the church can't use it. I mean, people can receive some things, you know, that don't have anything. But they, people want to give the worst stuff they got to church sometimes. Well, and that's, i tell you what, Jesus didn't take too kindly to that. He went in and said, my father's house is not a place where you sell phony baloney in here. You know, Jesus cleanses the temple. Look at verse 13. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, there's two things connected there. The first word, of course, I told you, when Jesus comes, he cleanses, he purifies, he cleanses the temple. What are you? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So why do you think Jesus wants to come in to a dirty temple? That's why it needs to be purified. That's why you've got to come before Him and ask Him to extend His forgiveness to your life, His grace and His mercy, and then invite the Holy Spirit to take over. Yield your life to the Holy Spirit. Start thinking thoughts like what Jesus would think. That book by, I think, Charles Sheldon called What Would Jesus, or uh, In His Steps. But in his steps, talked about, everybody started going around saying, well, what would Jesus do? That's when people started having those necklaces, WWJD and a bracelet, and then they started selling them. Isn't that funny? How much is tied to money. Jesus doesn't need any money. We give our offerings and tithes because the word says, if we willfully do that, then he will... Pour out a blessing that we can't even hold, and he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I mean some people's cars in the shop constantly, and it just might be that maybe you're not doing what you're supposed to do, but maybe you're not tithing an offering either. But anyway, I'll get off that topic. But Jesus, he comes in and he purifies. So, first of all, when we recognize him. We learn to praise Him. It should be an automatic, easy transition to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I know who you are. If He walked in right now, you and Sister Virginia had visions over some of you, and Jesus coming and hugging and pouring out anointing and such as that, when you realize He is here, you are going to act a little bit different. You just might praise Him a little bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When somebody makes a basket in a ball game or hits a home run in a baseball game or they throw a touchdown in a football game, the crowd goes wild and they're on their feet chanting and shouting because of the greatness of that player. St. Louis Cardinals opened their season on Thursday and they had this big celebration before it because Albert Pujols is back. Now, Albert's a Christian. But he was a great baseball player that was there for 11 years. Then he went away to California. Now he's come back to St. Louis. And there was such a celebration because he's come home to have his final season. And Yadier Molina, the catcher, it's his last season. And they're buddies. And Adam Wainwright, it's probably his last season. So they're celebrating their final year of playing baseball. And the crowd, it was a packed house. Then yesterday, the St. Louis Cardinal game was a packed house. It was so full. It was awesome. But it was a packed house. And they were in celebration mode. Well, every week we come in. I tell you what, people ought to be just begging to get in the door. Because I'm going to tell you, when the move of God takes a hold like I believe it's going to, you're going to see miracles out of this world. I mean, I didn't go to Nigeria to not see anything. And I think it was 2000. I went over there and saw a little prophet about that tall. And I walked the healing line with him from 6.30 at night to 4.30 in the morning. And Brother Gorman was there with us. And Jan Venter, we were all there together. John Ruddick and several others. And uh, we were just excited to be there because when we walked the healing line, miracles began to happen and transpire. Mass deliverances happened where people ran to the altar and the demons were leaving them. I'll tell you what, it's hard to even describe it. 30,000 people were inside that crude building of just, it had dirt floors. And ten roofs, they were down there because people would throw up stuff, you know, and those demons would leave. They had a broom with a dustpan, just you know, with sawdust in the altar. You know, my dad, oh, they used to talk about, they used to have sawdust in the altars back in the camp meeting days of the 30s and 40s. He prayed my Uncle Roy through to salvation and the Holy Ghost in a sawdust altar. Pastor Ken's dad and my dad, they were saved under a lady pastor in Bird's Corner, Missouri. That's where the birds fly over, if you didn't know. Right down by the Castor River. Just kind of, I guess it'd be west of Sikeston, Out there in the cotton fields they had revival in the sawdust altars of those days they didn't have air conditioning they might have had a belly wood stove pop belly stove or something with where they you know burn wood to heat in the winter time but if they couldn't fit in the building the windows would be up people would be sitting on the hoods of their cars to hear the preaching but jesus comes in and the house is purified. He comes into your life and all of a sudden your heart gets cleaned up. You begin to live different. You begin to act different. And then on top of that, then he says, now it becomes a house of prayer. So you have praise because you know who it is. You have purification because you invite him in. And then you become a house of prayer. Not just this building But your heart, your life, you become a house of prayer. Paul said he prayed without ceasing. And so all day long, he's just having conversation with God constantly. He even was so close, he got caught up to the third heaven. He said, I didn't know if I was in my body or I was out of my body, but I was caught up to the throne of God. And he said he was told things, some he was not allowed to talk about it was so awesome. And some he did talk about. He taught us how the church was supposed to function in his writings as an apostle to the Gentiles. Then we see in verse 14 it says, Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. Isn't that something? He cleans out the temple of the money changers and now those who are hurting can come in. They're not blocked by these guys trying to make money off everybody. But they come in, and then Jesus receives them, and what happens? And he healed them. So you see, when you praise, your house gets purified, and then you learn to start to talk to God, and you pray, and you talk with him, then you can come in and the power of God can be manifested. And when the power is manifested, healings can take place. You could be healed right now, today. Doesn't matter what it is. But we're going to finish this out. Verses 15 and 16. But when the chief priest and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. They were indignant. Religious people always get bent out of shape when kids and young people go wild. I can't wait till we got about 50 teenagers that are filled with the Holy Ghost dancing in the worship to where our people sit. Well, I can't believe. Look at that. Look how they look. There's a purple-haired one. There's a yellow-haired one. There's one over there. He's got half the hair cut off on this side. He looks like a rooster tail or something. I can't believe that they would let them come in here and worship God like that. i tell you what. How else can you worship God but come down and be a living sacrifice? It won't bother me a bit. It's not my cup of tea. I don't even have any hair to color. I could paint my head, maybe. Paint an arrow. The arrow's on top of your head. (laughs) But they were crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David. They recognized who he was. And then in verse 16, And said to him, Do you hear what they are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. How wonderful. So you have praise because they know the Messiah is coming. The King is coming. Oh, man. I remember back in the, the revivals of the 70s, they had that song, The King is coming. Oh, the King is coming. Yeah, praise God. He's coming for you, or me. Hallelujah. The king is coming. Are you ready? When he comes back, he's not coming back for a bunch of religious yoo-hoos. He's coming back for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. That means he didn't say a church without yellow hair or purple hair or without whatever, you know. I don't want a tattoo. I don't want earrings. I don't want a nose ring. And I'm certainly not putting a ring in my tongue. But if they come in that way, I'll take them. I'll hug them. I'll love them. I'll pray for them. I'll help get them filled with the Holy Ghost because that's not who I am. My generation wasn't like that. If you had a tattoo, it was an anchor, and you were out of the Navy. (laughs) Or it said USA. Oh, some of them had Maggie or something on there, and then when they got home, Maggie was no more, so then they had to get a line crossed through, and then they put Sally underneath it or something. (laughs) That's not my cup of tea, but you know what? I'm getting their souls saved. I'm not worried about what color their hair is or how long it is or how short it is or how many rings they got in their ear because Jesus loves them and he wants them to get saved. And when he turns them right side up and right side around, then he will do the purifying and we'll see what comes out when they come through the wash. You know? God will use them to lead others. You know, Acts 1, 4 through 8, it talked about the fact that they'll be waiting. Jesus, after he was resurrected, he told them, he said, and being assembled, assembled means like a puzzle, being put together. Everybody has a place where they can fit. And being put together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Well, Israel is a nation on earth. Israel is not the kingdom of God. That's why I don't go around doing everything that the Israelites did because, number one, I'm a Gentile and I'm a Christian. And I don't practice all those feastings and everything like they did. I'm not a Jew. But what I am is a believer. And what I needed was the blood of Jesus and I need the Holy Ghost. You can never have rituals and traditions that is going to make the Holy Ghost come in. What you need is what jesus did and that is i praise him because i know he's my messiah secondly i make my temple my body a house of prayer and thirdly i let him purify me and then he purifies me then prayer and then power he changes our life because he transforms us by the working of his mighty and awesome power what paul write in first corinthians he said for the kingdom of God does not consist in word, but in power. The power of God demonstrated is what he's looking for in our lives. Not how many words you can talk or speak. Now Jesus is the word. we got to have the word. But he's talking about words. The kingdom does not consist of words. Man, I tell you what, some people can talk a blue streak. Sometimes you don't have to say much. Like Pastor Ken said the other day, you know, you can share the words if you need to because some of them don't need a lot of words. They're watching your life. They're seeing who you are, what you're all about. And then he told them, he said, you know, it's not for me to tell you times and seasons, but he said, but you shall receive power, there it is, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Man, I tell you what, that is exciting. I've been able to be witnesses, a witness for Jesus. I was a witness for him 11,000 feet up in Quito, Ecuador, where I prophesied and prayed over hundreds of people freezing to death because I didn't know it was cold down there. It's at the equator. For crying out loud. I thought it would be hotter than a firecracker. Got down there but 11,000 feet up, there was a blizzard going on. I didn't even bring a coat. I had a little windbreaker. I'll tell you what, me and that windbreaker, we were best friends that week. I wore it to bed. I didn't ever take it off. I took a shower, and that was, I ran around the shower for about three minutes, got a little bit wet, got out, dried off, put my clothes on, put that windbreaker back on. I said, Norm, Norm was there. I said, Norm, can we get some more heat? (laughs) I'd like to warm up if possible. But then, of course, what happened is on the day of Pentecost, we know that story. In chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. See, when Jesus comes in and you get cleaned up and you get the power of God going, you get perfect praise because you just love being in His presence then you get in unity. You are not a Baptist. You are not a Methodist. You're not a Lutheran. You are not a Presbyterian. You're not a Pentecostal. You're not a Charismatic. You're not a non denominational. You're a Christian and you're part of the same family, part of the same kingdom. And God then can move. I'll tell you what, He's going to move a few people out of some churches. Cause he wants to have it his way certainly do people are hungry they'll receive I told Richard Johnson I said man I wish I could have preached while I was there because then it was the fire the rod was hot you know I was ready they might not have known what hit them but that's okay God knows says they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They'd been there for 10 days. They were worn out. They weren't even jumping up and down anymore. They were tired. They were wondering when is the Holy Ghost ever coming? So they were just all sitting there like, like I was at the airport. I was like when is this plane ever coming? One thing, I was sick of wearing that mask. I wore that mask for 12 straight hours. I didn't get to scare anybody. But I tell you, when the Holy Ghost arrived, there were cloven, there were divided tongues as a fire that appeared, and one sat upon each one. Every one of them had their own little fire burning inside of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I'm going to tell you this. When the Holy Ghost arrives, you know what you're not going to need? You're not going to need somebody trying to teach you how to speak in tongues. Oh man, I tell you. I was at a service up in, somewhere up in the Iron Belt. I don't even remember what church it was now. It's a youth meeting. They were trying to get kids baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's these guys shaking their faces. I went over and I told the guy, I said, take your hands off my youth. You don't go shaking their faces. I said, the Holy Ghost doesn't need you shaking them. To mess their language up or something, you know. To be filled with the Holy Ghost, God will fill you. You don't have to try. All you got to do is let Him flow through you. Amen. When He comes in, whew, comes right out. He fills you up till you're overflowing, and you can't help yourself. You don't need somebody to say, "Tie my bow tie in my Hyundai." while I wash my tie, That's not speaking in tongues. I mean, there's people trying to tell them, say this, they're trying to prime the pump. Well, guess what? When the Holy Ghost comes out, he doesn't need you priming the pump. You can't teach anybody to speak in tongues. We can teach them how to let it flow out. First of all, you can't speak in two languages at the same time. So stop speaking English or Spanish or whatever language you know. Secondly, you it comes from in here, in your spirit. And you'll feel it. You just take a deep breath and you'll feel the swelling up of his spirit until and it just flows right out but you gotta let him use you to make those sounds and I know it's real because I've experienced it but I'll tell you this in Mexico when I laid hands on those two ladies that did not speak English (laughs) they began to prophesy over Aguas Calientes in perfect English one of them a 15 year old girl I'll tell you what without a Spanish accent That's a miracle. It's miraculous. And why wouldn't the Lord want you to have it? Because he doesn't want you to not have the same power that the other believers have. i tell you what, I'm going to pray for people that really want that surge of the Holy Ghost, but also if you need a healing. Somebody needed a touch from God. Who was that? Somebody, I told them, yeah. Come down here, Sister Carolyn. I'm going to anoint you. She's going to have an MRI because something's going on. You did? Oh, well, you know what? God can change those results, too. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know what? All oh, that can disappear. It certainly can. How about somebody come down here with me? Lord, in the name of Jesus right now, I pray for Sister Carolyn. We bind infirmity off of her, and we pray that her MRI results will come back purified, clean, that they will say, we don't know what happened, but you don't have what we thought you had. And she's stand in for her sister. I pray those clusters in her breast would be disseminated and would be dissolved and that there will be a miracle result in her MRI. God, I thank you for the glorious power of Almighty God. I thank you that this is a house of prayer. And I pray for your healing by your stripes. They are healed. In Jesus Christ's name. Power of God, do the work right now. Just allow her to feel that warmth and heat of the Holy Spirit even now. By your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Whew. I don't know about you. I felt it. I did. Yeah. I felt it earlier too. Yeah, you felt it earlier. Yeah. We don't even have to lay hands necessarily. But he says lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Good. It's going to be good having you around many more years. I hope so. You will. <laughs> Hallelujah. I prayed for Norm one time, and I told him, you're going to be around a long time, many more years. Now he's still preaching at 82. He calls me almost every day. Yeah. Who else? You need a touch of God this morning. Come on down. Yeah. God's going to touch you, John. Well, you know what? Lord, we say no blood clot right now in the name of Jesus. Let his calf and leg be well. Let him walk out of here today knowing that you touched him. Allow your heat of the Holy Ghost to flow into him all the way down his legs to the bottom of his feet even now. In Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You want it to get better, don't you? I do, too. I pray for mine and yours. Jesus' name. Yeah. A bruised trachea? trachea? From From your fall. Okay. Where's that at exactly? The bruise, right there? Okay. Lord? Right here, but I mean... Yeah. Well, Lord... Right now, we take authority and we pray. Philip fell while there was repairs going on in his house and he landed on his chest. And Dear God, we pray for total healing right now. Let the heat of the Holy Ghost go in to his body and let it be clear and clean in your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Could you tell a difference? Well, go back there and drink something, would you? You're gonna. It's gonna be different. All right, Nelson. Yeah. yeah. What you need? Just a total touch. A total touch. I just want. I want to be in touch with Jesus. Something. Okay. Well, you know what? We bind first of all the attack on your mind. Yes. The thing that keeps us alienated from the Lord are the enemies of our mind. And those enemies are not allowed to stay there. We bind up those enemies and we speak to them to be gone out of your mind. No more tormenting. You are saved. Your blood bought. Your blood washed. And you are free by the power of the Holy Ghost. The grace of God has been given to you, His mercy extended to you. And there is no sin in you right now. In the name of Jesus, yes. for he has cleansed your house. You've been here all service, and you've been receiving, and I pray that by the name of Jesus, that you can walk with the Holy Ghost and be Lord. free. Yes. In Jesus' name. And you told me you want to quit smoking, yes. and Lord, take it away. Yes. Take the taste of nicotine and tobacco away from Nelson to where... He doesn't even feel right when he, if he put one in his mouth, I pray we curse cigarettes out of him, yes. in, Jesus name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Amen. Fill him up, Lord, Holy Ghost. Yes, yes. Hallelujah, Amen. Could you do, that again? do it again. Yeah. Okay. We'll give him more. More, he wants it again, Lord. Yes. Yeah, just take it away. Yeah. Glory. Just like that. Just like a puff of wind, it's gone. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Out of your sinuses, out of your mouth, out of your chest, we curse nicotine and we curse cigarettes. Let them be foul to you from this day forward. Let them have such a bad taste. To where you won't ever want one again. Where you'll want to throw up if you put one in your mouth. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Brother Shanbuck always prayed with them. He said, Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, if I ever put a cigarette in my mouth, and then they'd pray that. He said, Strike me dead. (laughs) They said, Oh. I didn't pray that for you, Nelson. But I pray. Charles? Well, Lord, I lay hands on Sister Karen. She stands in for Charles. All pain leave his body. Anything that is not working in his favor, we ask you, Jesus, to rebuke. Rebuke away from him. Infirmities be gone from him. And we say, be filled up, Charles, with healing power and the Holy Ghost and have energy like you've not had in many years in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Touch Sister Karen and give her strength. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, I feel the power of God here today. Yeah, I do. Brother Eddie, what you need? Well, um, uh, getting ready to start. With me okay. me taking classes that will okay that you'll learn Lord give Eddie the ability to read and study in the ministry classes allow him oh God to have an open and a clear mind and pray, he wants to pray for all the people taking classes mm-hmm. we do that we say Lord let them all learn and learn well in the name of Jesus Christ, and touch Eddie from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And we say, don't be the same ever again. But be filled, filled, filled. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You feel that? I did too. That's why I said, filled. I felt the power. Anybody else need prayer? You want to be filled up to overflowing. You want to be on fire for God's kingdom. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Huh? Mary? Well, Lord, go wherever Mary is right now and just touch her life. Touch her heart. Touch her body. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah. God can rebuke the devourer for your sake. I tell you what, his kingdom is here. And the kingdom of God is peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I have joy today. The righteousness of God is good too. And peace. Yeah. Who else needs touch? I don't know why anybody would hold back if you really want more. You want to be filled up. Tell you what, I come in here at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning, I get filled up before anybody else gets here. I'll pray for myself until somebody else comes. Lord, just continue. Fill me up even more. Hallelujah. woo! See, if y- y'all don't come, I'll pray for myself. And Lord, bless me with an outpouring of finances. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. So I can help and give more to the ministry. Help others. Amen. I don't know, y'all. I'm going to rob all your blessings. Yeah, Lord. And Lord, take away that addiction to chocolate in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I got some chocolate in my office I've been hiding. Yeah, I confess it before the body. I'll give you some if you want it. (laughs) I'll get rid of it. (laughs) All right. All right. Anybody else? Sister Sheila, you need prayer? You have four? Okay. All right. You work with them? No. call me and know I pray. Okay. Do you go see them? Well, in Texas. Oh, well, yeah, that's hard. Well, you know what? There's no distance in prayer. It says if you agree, then we do. Lord, I lay my hands on her as if I'm laying my hands on those four people. And we ask you to destroy the infirmity and the disease called cancer right now, oh God. Whoo, boy, the power of God is there, isn't it? Yeah, and Lord, you destroy that cancer. Let them be a living testimony and let them know they were touched at Twelve oh six, in Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Hallelujah. Woo, yeah. Give Sister Sheila energy and strength to run with the gospel. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody else? Brother Nelson. What? Oh, well. Maybe you're just waving. Hi. You want more? You want three? Three times? They say three times, but we don't believe in charms. But That's the same. The third time, Lord, let it be so. Make him a right mind and a right spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, right now. Glory. Yeah. You're going to walk in power today, Nelson. Anybody else? Yeah, Chelsea? Your back? Where exactly? In the middle? Well, you know what? I prayed for a girl that had scoliosis in House Springs, Missouri in 1986. And it was Nadine Ide's daughter. I'll never forget it. I had a word about a back problem. You know, when I prayed for her, I felt her back go snap, crackle, and pop. And then when it popped at the end, she began to speak in tongues. She was baptized in the Holy Ghost at the same time. Cheryl Ide was her name. You look her up on Facebook, she's, she's fine today. Lord, I pray for Chelsea right now. She's my daughter. I have authority in my household. She lives in my house and I take authority over this scoliosis, we're not claiming it anymore. We speak to her back to be made perfectly straight and curved the way it's supposed to be. And that pain goes away. I pray that she'll be walking and it'll just pop right in the right place in the name of Jesus Christ. Touch her and fill her up to overflow. Do you feel any warmth? Yeah, How's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah, anybody else? I got a flow right now, man. I'm telling you, I got the flow of the Holy Ghost. If you want it, you can have it. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Amen. Yes. Next week is going to be a glorious week. Get somebody here that needs Jesus, they'll get saved. I'm confident of it. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, stand with me then. Glory to God, was too much, huh, John? Amen. Yeah. Hmm. Lift your hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this day. Thank you for these folks that are here today. Thank you for what you're going to do next Sunday great and mighty things are coming thank you that there will be people saved next Sunday and I praise you because these people are your children they're my brothers and sisters and they dear God are the head and not the tail, they're the blessed and not the cursed they are the redeemed of the Lord and they can say so let them be a mighty witness this week of your love and let them draw in other people that need a touch of God and we ask you to be with us and keep us safe from any harm and evil this week. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We'll greet one another on your way out. Be friendly. Hallelujah. Amen.